right, welcome back to the Pineapple Couch, episode 120, and today is Tuesday, October 12th, and I am joined by the one, the only, Peter Gonzalez, to talk about a little Marvel news. Peter, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Always a good time to discuss Marvel news. Yeah, we're about, um, the dam is about to break, I guess, is the way I'll put this, Peter, because since the end of Loki, I mean, you could argue since the beginning of WandaVision, we've been waiting, we've been waiting for the MCU to really fully come back. And what do I mean by that? When we got the phase four announcement a couple years ago, Peter, we saw about like 20 projects. We see all this stuff that we're so excited about. And because of the pandemic and other stuff, it's taken a bit for us to get to this point. But right now, we're a month away from Eternals. We finished up um, What If? We're on the precipice of Spider-Man and then Doctor Strange. It's just a good time to be a Marvel fan. Everything's about to start happening. In the best way possible. I mean, there's really nothing like having those opening credits on the big screen and knowing that there's something coming that's brand new. I mean, mm-hmm. even just this past weekend, I went to the movies and they showed the No Way Home trailer. And to see it on the big screen was just like reaffirming that like we're coming back to this. It's happening. Like things are moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I fully expect, I think we've talked about this before, but I fully expect Spider-Man to be the thing that is like the announcement of like, yeah, the box office is back. I would not be shocked if they break a mil- a billion. Oh no, I think it's a it's definitely Avengers level of potential to have it happen, and I I think Eternals will do well, but what Spider Man will do will eclipse it and everything thus far to this point. Yeah, I I think pretty dramatically, but then after that, when we get projects like uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and Thor: Love and Thunder, I expect those to be right there. I think maybe so. a I little think bit too, below. I think once you get past, I think Spider-Man just because of collectively grasping so many generations because of the potential to have all yeah. three versions. But I think that what Doctor Strange has coming up is just like even more mind exploding. Mm-hmm. But we can't just really get excited because like we have this one first. It's almost like yeah. an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. And there's also um, there is a level of nostalgia at least we think the doctor strange film will have with the rumors we've heard of characters like uh, patrick stewart's professor x and other stuff so that could also tie in in a similar way of spider-man and kind of contribute to that success as well but let's now talk about uh the what if finale peter we finally got that um marvel at least uh kevin feige in the mcu's first run at an animated show that was connected to the marvel universe um we got the guardians of the multiverse fighting infinity ultron um after the watcher put them together that cast of characters included t'challa star lord supreme doctor strange peggy carter captain britain um we also had killmonger we had uh black widow who met up with them later and I believe in Party Thor. Basically, the this season. Yeah. Like, the characters from that. And then you got Gamora, who, in her universe, killed Thanos, which is pretty gnarly. Um, I'm not going to go beat by beat through this, because if you watch this, you don't necessarily need to know what happened. 
I just think we should talk about first, Peter, our overall takeaway from this. What was your takeaway from, I guess, what if as a whole, but how it wrapped up, how the finale wrapped up? I think the most interesting thing for me was, and I'm assuming assuming that people have watched it by the time we say it, because it's obviously spoiler-filled, but the Watchers taking Natasha from her universe and bringing her into the main universe of the What If timeline Mm -hmm. brings to mind the question, is this something that will happen in the live-action cinematic universe because you're able to take characters from other places. And I think this kind of very much could play into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, this bringing people in from other places to help stop these threats. And I think that would be an interesting way to go forward. But I thought that was an interesting choice to like be like, yes, the character is dead, but we can bring in another version of that character mm-hmm. who's the same character. Does that make you think that they're going to, especially with the ScarJo lawsuit being settled, do you think that they are considering or would bring back ScarJo? And like, I mean, a one-off seems kind of like, yeah, they'll probably do that eventually. But do you think there's a possibility like she could just be brought back from a different universe and we have her on this event? I, I think so, because I don't think... I mean, I'm sure they did think it through, but I think to get rid of so many of the originals at the end of phase three and to have to really start over with new new blood and you only mm-hmm. have Thor as the existing, right? Thor's, Thor and, well, he's Thor and Clint Hulk. Will pass on his, and, well, yeah, I think if you think about it, Hulk and Clint are going to pass on their torches mm-hmm. to someone else, you would really only have Theoretically, Thor so is the, Thor. Yes, that's another potential. Yes and too. no. Yes and no. Yeah. Because he'll still have stuff. But I mean, there is a somewhat of a passing of the baton going to be coming in Thor: Love and Thunder with him and Jane Foster, don't you think? I think which so. is dumb. I, think, I, I want Thor still. I don't think you. I think it'll. I think there's like a, there is a storyline. I'm sure you know which one it is where they exist separately as their version. So I think that they want to bring. Her, they would bring her back in order to bring some stability to this. And to have that kind of character that would be able to tie in mm-hmm. Sam with Bucky and with the newbies, and you have yeah. her as the kind of glue. Because, I mean, her, her death was always one of the controversial points of Avengers Endgame. It's like mm-hmm. this character had more to do, in a sense. And now, what if has played with that possibility of, like, in this series, that's an animated series, we'll show you we could bring her a character back. Yeah. And everything will that's be huge. okay. So it's almost like testing the waters. Like, will the audience be on board with this? Or will mm-hmm. they feel like it cheapens the stakes? I don't think it cheapens the stakes. I don't think it cheapens the stakes. I just think they need to probably wait like another year-ish. Yeah. And, um, which is obviously probably what they would do. Um, I will say, uh, you brought up Thor. The MCU is a powerhouse. I don't know how well it, this Avengers team would do if it didn't have Thor. Like, he's so important. Like, the MCU cannot kill off Thor, Odin's son. I don't think it would work without him, especially now. And that sounds kind of crazy, but I don't... The reason Thor is so great is... um, There's a lot of reasons, but he kind of outlasts everyone. There's many runs in the comics where you have, like, old King Thor, and he sees, like, 
like time traveling Avengers and was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm seeing you guys again. I think that you need to keep a base and I think Thor is the way to go. So I would be, I mean, I, I'm expecting Thor to be around for like 10 more years. I know that's a little off topic, but do you see where I'm coming from with that? I 100% do. And I agree. I think Chris Hemsworth's, I guess, devotion to the character Mm -hmm. also lends to that longevity that can take place. The only thing is, I don't think I see Thor as a leader of the Avengers. I'm not saying sense. a leader. Right, totally. I'm, he legitimizes them. Yes, but I think you still do need that other character that's going to be mm -hmm. the Captain America Iron Man role, which is maybe when Natasha could feel as like the voice of reason going forward. Because, I mean, Sam's great, but I don't see... When you look at the Avengers lineup, gonna... I don't think he... I feel like they're going to try to use Sam to replace Steve, Peter to replace Tony, which will work. Yes. Not saying I, um, Tony Stark wasn't amazing, but Spider-Man will work. He always works. And then you have Thor as the old guard. Um, and then I don't, it'll be curious to see what the other parts of this team look like. Like how will Ant-Man be involved? How will they bring in other new characters? I don't know. But back to what if, um, my overall thoughts on it, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I do think the finale was a missed opportunity. I didn't really like the finale. I thought it was um, thought it was kind of dumb. I thought the arrow was dumb. I thought that she gets, and again, it's a superhero animated show, but the fact that she gets like blasted through a wall and conveniently right to the one thing that could beat Ultron, and then she does the this is for you, Clint, I I just, I don't know. It just felt like a weird way for them to beat Ultron, I guess. And I, I don't know. I just wanted something more. And I didn't get it. And I, I don't think that's very dynamic, what I just said. But I, that's how I kind of felt about the finale. It was just like, uh, okay. So to that note, I think the finale was better than how we started the series. If, mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's not saying much in a sense. Anyways, I do think, like, it what did I wasn't... So a good way for me to gauge how engaged I am with the content that I'm watching is, am I on my phone when I'm watching this? Whereas, whereas with Loki, WandaVision, can't be. even Falcon the Winter Soldier, I wasn't necessarily on my phone. Whereas this, I would be on my phone. There's I was, skippable moments. Yeah, and I wasn't paying as much attention. So I, I can agree that it was... It, it started off with a good concept, but then it kind of got rushed towards the ending. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, this was the experiment testing grounds for many things. And I think a thing I noticed in the finale was the when they did the circle moment with all of them you know, standing their ground, it almost felt like it was a way of them being like, we are flipping the script instead of there being more male character heavy. It was more female character heavy. And like to kind of, be, if you know, think, if you think about it, it was it was Captain Carter. It was Black Widow. It was Gamora. It was, you even had that scene with Shuri and Pepper, like chasing yeah. go get Killmonger. Mm -hmm. So you had a stronger showing the female characters in a way that almost kind of like testing the waters again, too, because we've got Kate Bishop, we've got Yelena, the Marvels, um, Shuri coming up in the live action. So it's kind of like being like, 
a different if that makes sense it does make sense and i think um in terms of that mission accomplished for me i I, if you would have asked me before this question um i don't even think i would have noticed but so it worked you know like to me that's something like i don't know i'm not one of the people where it's like holy fuck hell yeah seven of eight people in this are women that's fine by me but if it sucks i don't care this i didn't even notice and i I don't know if that's coming off right so i think it worked and i think that they do have these characters that these female characters that they've never let like really like i think natasha is the perfect example of this like they blew it they blew it with her character for eight years and so now i think maybe they're learning and that's what we're seeing in this show is that they're like, we can make these characters a little more dynamic. Um, but I mean, in terms of if that was a test to see how the general public felt about it, I mean, my dumb brain, I I, I liked it. It was good. No, that I, I totally agree because I didn't notice that until hindsight. I was like, oh, wait, it just felt natural. It didn't feel like we're mm-hmm. forcing these characters to play these oh, roles. Yeah, it was just which, more like which is so bad when people do that. It's just like you are this is being forced and it does not make sense. Um, and there was no vibe of that in this. Definitely. So I think I think story wise, we it struggled. I think holistically it struggled, but the pieces there were pieces that worked. Like in what if as a as a whole, there were pieces that were successful. Oh, with yeah. Showing different interactions with different heroes that you normally don't get, with showing the depth that they can bring to these characters also, like the ones that played who they were, or even just the fact that you had the Doctor Strange episode that was so dark, or the zombies, Mm -hmm. or you had certain people playing their respective characters in an animated show. I think Mm -hmm. it was just those little things that will play out bigger in the MCU, but... I I think it'll only get better with time, too. This Yeah, season two looks like it has potential to kind of play with more toys in the sandbox, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about uh, this is what characters from this season specifically do we think have a good shot of coming straight to the live action MCU? So I think you and I are 99.9999% sure that we will see Supreme Strange. Yes. I think um, we would also say that... Uh, Gamora, or not Gamora, excuse me, um, Peggy Carter. Correct. Is someone we would see. And now I ask you, do we think we will see Ultron and Killmonger? We obviously can't see Star-Lord T'Challa, but is there other people in this besides, I guess, the Watcher, Peggy Carter, and Supreme Doctor Strange that we think will cross over, or is it only going to be like a couple, probably? I Or Black pers- Widow, I guess. Yeah, I think Black Widow would be one to throw in the conversation. I think the Killmonger and Ultron are basically done. I feel I like hated this was that. The I hated that. Hated which part? I just, I mean, I could have told you within 15 seconds of the episode that uh, Killmonger was going to turn on them. Oh, yeah. So that was predictable, but that's fine. I don't know. I just felt like it was so lackluster, like that they got put in this little like pocket reality. And maybe that's on me for like, I thought the best way to end this would have been Kang coming in. 
Kang coming in and fixing shit up because it's his multiverses and he's in charge. I thought that would have been really dynamic and cut to and cut a cord with the MCU fans because it's more like recent, I guess. But I think you're right about Killmonger and Ultron. They kind of though have them if they ever wanted to play with them. Right. I just that that level of power is kind of too much. Which is something that MCU has struggled with. I mean, too much power, which is when we talk about Eternals a little bit later, is going to be a converse. It's a conversation of what happens mm-hmm. when you do have these beings that you're just making too powerful for the constraints of what you've created, the universe you've created. Yeah, and I think that's something that um, Captain Marvel struggled with. And so when you have these super, super power, like, an example of this is why is. Um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, so good. Because it's not any of those things. It's not the soups, two super-powered people. It's more, like, grounded, I guess, even though they have super strength. But um, what if I had a good time with it? I, um, I'm looking forward to season two. My last take on what if. What the fuck did Tony do to these people? Why are they so mean to him and kill him? every episode or just me they the disrespect to the man who just saved half the universe unreal it's unreal how much i mean maybe that was like a i honestly don't get why they did that i i think i read that the two they didn't mean to do that i think it just sort of happened they just killed tony constantly yeah and i think i that was just that was one of the things that didn't land it was like no, this doesn't make sense in my... Also, I had an issue with Zombie Wanda, too. That was just kind of like, why? Yeah, Zombie Wanda, why, made no sense. Um, yeah, I I also don't understand The Watcher, in a way, where it's like, last episode, you did all this fighting, and now you're just going to go back to watching? I don't really get it. Um, so... Again, we'll see how they do that in live action because that will hopefully answer a little more questions. Let's go now to uh, Guardians. Oh, wait. Let's rank Disney+. Plus. This is really easy. I I mean, Loki 1, WandaVision 2, Falcon Winter Soldier 3, this 4. I can't believe I'm putting a show with Carly Morgenthau ahead of something, but I am. I would... I think I would edge WandaVision up above Loki just a little bit because mm. it was the first one yeah, and because it was such appointment viewing too at the beginning. Yeah, it, there was a I think Loki unmatched had hype, hype I guess, for the universe, but I think WandaVision was just like it grabbed you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay, let's go through this some news here, Peter. A little shorter episode today folks but you know we're a lot of mcu content is on the way guardians 3 confirmed the casting of adam warlock what was his name again is polter or something will polter will polter who is um i mean i looked at his imdb he's been in a bunch of shit i haven't seen anything he's been in um so i guess the conversation unless you have a hot take about his acting abilities which i don't 
how like how are they going to use Adam Warlock in the Guardians movies is I guess the question I want to ask because Adam Warlock in the comics is a very serious not joking like he almost has no personality in a way how how do we think so the sovereign are going to create him was what we were teased do we think he's the main villain I don't like I, it's it's really vague, I guess. But you see what I'm saying? No, totally. And I think I think you kind of answered the question though when you said he's so serious, and it's it's like that's kind of like the foil that the guardians need to have as their counter counter agent because they're so mm-hmm. it is it is the funnier version of the, what the MCU can do. So I think that's how it will work. I don't mm-hmm. see it being a villain reveal, especially the way it was revealed, where it's like through leak and then confirmed by Jay's gun. I don't think that it would be the villain. He would be a villain he'll, character. It, he'll be like a, he'll have like one little dust up with them or something, but not right, like an actual like villain. Work what work with them. Yeah. Stop um, whoever it is. Uh, uh, the, the worry I've seen online about this and I, I mean, you know how much I love Thor Ragnarok, so I'm not too worried about it. There is a concern that James Gunn will make Adam Warlock. What Taika made Thor. And what I will say about that is, um, obviously with Thor, it worked, at least for me. But I don't think they're going to do that full thing with Warlock. I, I don't. I think it's kind of impossible to do that. I think it's impossible for again. You have. I think it worked because Chris, Chris Hemsworth makes it work. He brings that extra X factor to the material that Taika created. Yeah. Whereas, and I think you can't have two characters that are that similar. You can't do that. You have to have the Guardians need shades. a foil. That's the best point you've said today. And I, I think that's a really, you, really you. good point. I think I'll drop the mic on that. You should. Because um, it, it's kind of one of the reasons I think people like one a lot more than two is that there was a little more, um, it was a little less weird and out there, I guess. It was still yeah. pretty weird, though. But yeah. It was very weird, but. I, I just my thing with the Guardians, I'm so excited for this movie. I will admit, I think I kind of overrate Guardians movies a little bit because their soundtracks are just so good. But this is me not like I'm not lowering them on my list. I'm just saying that a legitimate reason they are so high up. The soundtracks are unbelievable on these movies. And so I'm a sucker for that. And I mean, think about Thor Ragnarok, my favorite one. Great soundtrack. So, um, Guardians 3, we'll go a little more on it. Um, we're supposed to, in this movie, Peter, learn the origins of Rocket Raccoon. Whether that be he's created by the High Evolutionary or someone else, I think that will be the main villain. And it is uh, a very a very common pick on the internet right now to say Rocket is going to die in this film. What are your thoughts on all that? I think so. I think because again, it is the funnier side of the MCU, but it also knows how to to dance on the emotional strings of the audience as well. So mm-hmm. I think that Rocket would make sense as a character to kind of meet his end. And I think another thing that points to that happening is I feel like because certain contracts are also up, we're going to see the Guardians get get re-rostered in a sense so yeah the dynamics will change who who is part of the guardians and who isn't part going forward 
Because I feel like for the most Drax they will, will be still be involved, but it'll still be a different lineup after that movie. Yeah, I I kind of expect um I think three guardians will stay. I think Star Lord will stay. I think Groot will stay. And I think Nebula will stay. It'll be I wanted to talk to you about Gamora. Because I really like that foil point you brought up earlier. Mm-hmm. Is Gamora in a way going to with her like lost memory or whatever? Is she going to kind of serve as a foil within that Guardians in this role? Because she kind of was that in Guardians one and she kind of like opened up more in Guardians two, whatever. You know what I mean? Right. So that could be something they're going for, which and that's I do the, think that's the movie, Peter, though, how they pull that off. Like, don't you think that's probably the most important aspect of this film? Yeah, getting her back. And then, and then, but then we do have the whole added aspect that Thor is part of, is going to potentially play a role in part of it as well. And the fact that they will also be in Thor, Love and mm-hmm. Thunder also. So it's like, what overlap and how does the overlap affect the individual movies? God, they also. could make such a banger with the, that those two together. The Guardians and Thor. I would love, love that if we got, if they were lying a little bit when it's actually going to be a lot more of a crossover than we think. I think it has that sweet. potential. I think, again, it's, 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 they, they, we don't have an Avengers on the, on the horizon. So it's like, Mm-mm. these are the movies where we get to do that. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, any, um, other takes on Guardians 3 before we talk a little Eternals expectations? I'm curious to see how the holiday special affects Guardians 3. Which, since the Guardian, since the oh, holiday yeah. special is supposed to have a very highly anticipated character join, make an appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be. Um, first off, I like that they're doing that. I like the different types of content, and I think that the Guardians, that the idea, at least how I picture that Christmas special in my head, is Peter Quill explaining to them all what Christmas is and Christmas music and that sort of stuff. That would just be hilarious. I would love to but it's see. But it's going to be like Groot. very specific Christmas music, like very abstract. Yeah, versions. I would bet. Um, I would bet a million dollars that they put ornaments on Groot at some point in the oh, yeah. Christmas special. I could see that. Yeah. Um, okay. Last thing here, Peter, Eternals expectations, and then we'll also talk a little of, uh, let's actually do this right now. Let's, I I sent you a text, um, about basically I rewatched Iron Man one. And I think that that movie, I had it not ranked low, but it wasn't high enough. And I just wanted to give my definitive top 10 list currently of solo movies in the MCU currently. That it's so no Avengers, no Avengers movies will be included. So number one, Thor Ragnarok. Are you starting with one? Are you starting with one? Got it. All right. Okay, I'll go ten down. Good call. Ten. I have Civil War. What do you have? Uh, Homecoming. Okay. Nine. I have Homecoming. Uh, First Avenger. Okay. Eight. I have Guardians One. I have Black Widow. Black Widow. Seven, I have First Avenger. I have Iron Man 1. Look at me ranking First Avenger ahead of you. What world are we living in? Um, Number six, Winter Soldier. Uh, Number six, Civil War. Number five, Iron Man 3. This is very interesting because also Iron Man 3. (laughs) Number four, Guardians 2. Number four, Shang-Chi. 
Number three, Iron Man 1. Number three, Far From Home. Number two, Far From Home. (laughs) Number two, Ragnarok. Number one, Ragnarok. Number one, Winter Soldier. Did you have Iron Man? In the yeah, top I, had, I had Iron. I had Iron Man one at seven, and I had Iron Man okay, three yeah, yeah, at yeah. five. We'd match okay, that's on what number I thought. Five, but I had no Guardians in my lineup. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, okay. Interesting. So that, that that's the list as of right now. We'll keep you folks updated if it changes, because I'm sure you guys I'm wake sure up at night wondering what. <laughs> yeah, seriously, we don't talk about this enough. Um, okay, let's go now. This will be uh, last thing here. Eternals expectations. Um, I'm not necessarily asking you, Peter, what you think the plot is going to be. It's more this is a conversation of how are they going to fit the Eternals into the MCU? Because they're so powerful. Like, we see shit in the trailers. They're literally fighting a volcano. Casual. Casual. Yeah, so that's the type of threats, I feel like, that we will see them go against. And I am, in terms of how they fit into the future of the MCU, I would be stunned if multiple Eternals are, ev- are, are like together on the same team, really. Like, there's not, I think there'll be one member of the Eternals on the Avengers or something to avoid. I don't know, could be wrong. Could be wrong about that. But I think they will kind of separate the Eternals to divide that power. Um, uh, that that's my take on it and i think that the most important thing to link the eternals to the mcu weirdly i swear to god this isn't me being biased it'll be black knight kit harrington on the avengers because so, he's not an eternal so he could do this so to that point because i was going to start with that point did you see though that he's not going to become that character in this movie yeah it's a good post-credit scene i heard okay so i mean so and that still doesn't temper your expectations or Oh, no, I'm incredibly disappointed that we're not going to get uh, him as Black Knight. But if they're going for the long game with this, I'll trust them. I just, I personally right now feel like if we looked at this cast of the Eternals, everyone in this movie, and we were to say, hey, in five years, who's the most important or who's the biggest in the MCU? I mean, I would put all my money on uh, the Black Knight, Kit Harrington. We need to bookmark this. There was something in a previous podcast where we were like, bookmark this because we said it. It will happen. We need to so get a, a like a secretary or a producer here that can <laughs> go back and find what did we say that was going to come yeah. to happen. But, okay, but I, I think that. So my take with Eternals is based on the trailers, based on what I've seen, based on hopes, I don't think, A, that they will all survive this movie. I think a lot of them will die. I think, for example, I think Angelina Jolie's character, Athena, will not make it because of the fact that she's a, like an A-list movie star. She's Angelina Jolie, yeah. And she chose to sign on to this one as opposed to anything else, which could mean it's a one-off. So it's like, sure, I can go play this and then whatever. But I want to see maybe one, maybe two become villains that are like solidified evil comic book threat character levels. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to have that again where we have a bad guy that's a consistent bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. that would be cool. I like that. I think think Cersei will survive. 
I think for sure she would make it out. Because you're not mm-hmm. going to bring Gemma Chan back into this, into the yeah, MCU in a new role and uh, just have her be like, not make it. Kit and Gemma Chan, 100% survival rate. Richard Madden, like 98, 99% survival rate, in my opinion. And I think 98% potentially for becomes a villain. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I definitely think he'll be a villain because the love between Kit and Gemma will drive him probably crazy. I also think... Cool. Um, yeah. God, I'm going to butcher his name. I'm sorry. K- Kumail Kumar San... Fuck if I know. Uh, um, that dude, I think he'll stay around. I think he'll survive too. Najiani or something? I don't know. I'm just getting in more trouble every time I open my mouth with this. Um, one thing though, Peter... Why the fuck is this movie two and a half hours? That's so, the second longest MCU movie. Are you? I know it's over thousands of years, but listen, that's a tough sell for this movie of like, hey, you don't know any of these characters. It's not going to make that much sense, and it's different than anything we've ever done. They have no popularity in the comics at all. Here's a two and a half hour movie. It's a little. Here's Come the on. thing: if you were, if I can have an hour and thirty minute non-Marvel canon movie like Venom or a two and a half hour canon Academy Awarding director movie. Mm. I would take Eternals. I just watched Venom and I was like... I heard it so bad, but I, I haven't seen it yet. Also, just side note on Venom, it's like, if we thought early MCU did female characters not the greatest... Venom does it such a disaster. Like, it's like mm-hmm. back in 1980 version of what a female character is. Like, so dumb. And the CGI is just. Is it bad? So. How was that? So, Woody Harrelson is one of my favorite actors of all time. But I, this role, I was very worried. Was he okay as Carnage? Like, what was the, what was your thoughts on him after it? I was like, he's collecting a paycheck. No offense taken. Yeah, it was just, it was, I mean, the whole movie, you're just kind of like, there's really no, it really lean, it wanted to be Deadpool, but it was like, took a wrong turn somewhere and leaned into the wrong things. And, but that's a whole other type of story. Back to Eternals. I think the trailers that they've been putting out help solidify why it's a interesting take and interesting thing. I think it'll do, I don't think it'll do as well as, Shang-Chi, which is an interesting thing to say because that one wasn't supposed to do as well as it did either. But mm. I think it's enough Marvel to get us to Spider-Man. And if they put the Spider-Man 2 trailer ahead of it, that will yeah, also they, they probably boost will. its profitability. Mm-hmm. But I think story-wise, you can't have everybody survive if you want if, for the best of the powerful. MCU. Well, I mean, but then again, you have Wanda, you've got Captain Marvel, you've got Monica. So you do have the powerful figures in the second half of the, in in phase four. Yeah, but but what about like Sam and Bucky? So that's the thing. So you have Sam, Bucky, Elena, Peter. Ant-Man. Ant-Man, Wasp. Wasp. It's like, how are they going to battle an Eternal or how are they going to battle? Like even Star-Lord. Well, yeah, well, Starlet theoretically is supposed to be stronger now. Are we going to see that ever? Well, we didn't see it in Endgame. At all. Just fucked up. It was like it was forgotten. Yeah, maybe it's like the sort of thing where he'll have to like le- relearn it 
because of like how his dad's gone, so he lost a connection to it a little. I don't know. That's I. I am. I would enjoy a little Star Lord redemption arc here in Third Guardians because of the giant L he took in Infinity War. I can't but I agree do, more. He's gonna hit a rock bottom though in this because I don't think it's gonna be easy for Gamora for him to convince Gamora or. Something along that storyline, you know what I'm saying? No, totally. And I think, and I think they can do it well. I think, I just worry that Guardians Three goes kind of the way of Suicide Squad, where it just leans into oh, that'd be all tragic. the all the absurditiness, which works. But it's just like, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, and I think that. Um... Hopefully what we see in Guardians 3 compared to the Suicide Suicide Squad 2 or the Suicide Squad, I forget which one it is. Um, we'll see how the creative control or like how Feige won't let it go get too crazy, whereas Sony doesn't have much control, theoretically, or Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm this will this will be James Gunn's like swan song, though, for the MCU. He's probably done after this. Well, I heard he's doing something else with them. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet. So, and I think, and, I, and the fact that there's 30-plus projects in the pipeline. It's just unreal. To the, just it's like unreal. we keep hearing there's more and more in the pipeline, and every, every new reveal, it's just like, Did you oh, see Punisher, basically, was revealed yesterday? Punisher is going to be a Punisher. show. John Bernthal, Daredevil Echo. Daredevil Echo, Agatha. That'll be interesting. That I think one, they're going to do it like a musical. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're going to do something very offbeat and very yeah. weird. But the fact that Monica would potentially have a show and then Shang-Chi's sister, I think that one is, makes the most sense because that oh, one legend. might be like... It's like about the Ten Rings organization, Ten Rings, right? Because that could tie into Sharon as the power broker who allegedly was the phone call to each other at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It was between those two? That was what I heard online, yeah. Oh, shit. So that really ties everything together, which to have Shang-Chi with Bucky and Sam, Power Broker, that would be great. That would be great. They just need to... um, The Power Broker, if it's going to continue, needs to, like, start having some, like, badass, like, uh... Like assassins that she hires like villains that we know well like what if she hires yelena what if she hires elena what if she has something to do with the creation of a red hulk like what if she is i don't know i would like to see her as that like puppet master behind the strings but i would like to see her play with more powerful pieces than batrock the leaper in the flag smashers and I think that's very possible, especially since Emily Van de Kamp left the show she was on. She was on The Resident, and she just like abruptly was like, I'm dipping. Kill off my character. I gotta go. Yeah, she's she's an angel. So she's, she's coming she's, she's, to... She's great. I love Emily Van Kamp. So, um, and it's getting better used, since Marvel is really, really delving into using everyone that they have at their disposal. Yeah, instead of just having half the people in the shows be robots that don't make sense. So, um, progress. Definitely. We'll, that's how we'll 
uh, end today's show. Uh, Peter, we'll be back again to talk next week. Um, I think next week is our Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Uh, I think people have had enough time now. Um, I don't want to wait till... Because like I, we were going to do it a couple weeks ago. No, Not that many people have seen it. And I bet you, if you're listening to this right now, more than half of you have not seen it. Maybe more. Just based on my conversations. But then I was like, so we should wait a little. But then I was like, I don't want to wait till fucking December. So we're going to do it next week. This is your call to action, Peter, right? A call to action to see Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings this week. And we'll talk about it next week on the Pineapple Couch. So, um, And then from going on out, because theaters are back. I think Peter and I can probably agree that that's the thing. We're, you'll have like a week. Like, so after Eternals, you'll have like five, six days to see it. I'm not going to give you this big window like we've done for Shang-Chi. So, because um, like, expect honestly, with Spider-Man, folks, there's a good chance Peter and I go live like immediately. Four after. Hours, yeah. And we'll probably wait to put, put it out because I don't want to ruin it for anyone. But we'll... We'll be reacting a lot more quickly to a movie like Spider-Man compared to Eternals, let's just say. There will um, be a plan in motion to make it. Yeah. It'll, it'll be um, like a, just an overload of content for Spider-Man. Overload. Uh, Pineapple Couch revving up this fall. but had a busy summer, but folks, uh, a lot of episodes on the way. Trust me on that. Um, Peter, thank you so much for joining. Um, again, this is episode 120 of the Pineapple Couch. I'm B-Rob. I uh, hope you guys have a fantastic Tuesday, a good week. And you know what I always say, Peter? God well, you don't bless. always say it though, but I don't. So God bless, God bless, God bless. I missed. A, I think I missed it in a couple episodes. Hopefully that uh, makes up for it. Um, all right, everyone, have a good one. Peter, talk to you later. See ya.